You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report podcast. Well, welcome to the January 2023 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team, so we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But each month, we take a minute and we round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news that we read about and chatted about in our virtual Course Report office, and we share it all with you. Yeah, so happy new year. 2023. (laughs) Yeah, 2023 is off to a very interesting start. We released our best coding boot camps list in January, which is always such an exciting list. And we just drew the winner of our alumni review sweepstakes. Yes, congratulations to Travis from Coder Foundry, who won the last sweepstakes, and we'll draw the next one July 1st. So if you've graduated from a boot camp and you leave a verified review before July 1st, then you'll be eligible to win the next $500 Amazon gift card. Yeah, and we haven't officially announced this yet, but be on the lookout for our next live Q&A, which is going to be hosted on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. Um, We're going to be joined by a panel of alumni to chat about changing careers as a woman in tech. All right, Jess, that's enough about us. We've got a lot going on, but what are we going to cover on this month's episode? Yeah, so we're going to start with an acquisition and a fundraise in the bootcamp space, three full tuition scholarship programs to be aware of, and then we're going to spend the bulk of this episode on news about tech layoffs and how career changers may be impacted. Yes, and I don't think it's how you'll expect Mm -hmm those impacts to go. So then we're going to cover news about the push for skills-based hiring within the public-private sector and a new university bootcamp partnership that actually gets students 24 college credits. And of course, we'll tell you about all of the new coding bootcamps that we added to the course report directory in January. All right, Jess, well, let's start off with uh, the first couple of fundraises and acquisitions of 2023. So technically, this is late December 2022 news, but we still wanted to get it on your radar. 1150 Academy, which is based in Indiana, but also a remote boot camp, was acquired by Indiana Wesleyan University. And it looks like they're already accepting applications for their upcoming February and March cohorts. Thrive DX, which partners with universities to host cybersecurity boot camps, has named Tim Raymer the president and general manager of the public sector. TechCrunch reports that the cybersecurity training platform Hack the Box raised $55 million in plans to expand its business. Hack the Box is popular with so many cybersecurity bootcamp students and graduates, and I'm wondering if expanding their business could possibly mean creating their very own cybersecurity bootcamp or a course. Um, We'll just have to see where they take it this year. Absolutely. And before we move into news about tech hiring, I just wanted to get three time-sensitive scholarship programs on your radar. All of these have tuition-free options, which is 
pretty rare and pretty cool. So, and also are a little bit time sensitive. So first is this brain station Miami program called impact Miami. It's part of tech equity Miami, which is focused on removing barriers into tech for underrepresented groups supported in part through funding from JP Morgan chase. There are 50 full scholarships, five zero, and they're all available wow. for BrainStation software engineering and user experience design boot camps. And applications are open now. Class will start in late February and will be held in person at BrainStation's Wynwood campus in Miami. And then second is the Edie Windsor Coding Scholarship, which will be awarded to seven App Academy students. Two recipients will receive 50% of their tuition and five recipients will have their tuition fully waived, but to one of the prep programs. Applicants will be accepted through February 15th. So hopefully you listen to this in time. And then the third one is that Proficient announced that they're going to be expanding their Bright Paths program in partnership with Hackbright Academy to a national scale. Each cohort will include up to 35 students who will attend a Proficient funded. So that means like free to the student, um, Hackbright Academy coding bootcamp for up to 16 weeks. Wow. Those are so, awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so be sure to apply to those soon if you're in those areas or interested in those boot camps. If you've been paying any attention to the news, you know that tech employers like Amazon, Google, Meta, and Microsoft have announced layoffs that have been making big headlines. But what's interesting is that the broader economy added technology jobs at a rate that offset those losses. You just have to look to companies in financial services, retail, travel, healthcare, aerospace, and even the U.S. government if you want to find those kinds of job opportunities. In the New York Times this January, Steve Lohr and Trip Mickle put this even further into perspective, reinforcing that the jobs are still there in tech, but may not be in the companies or the industries that you'd expect. Overall, employment occupations grew to a record 6.39 million in November, which was slightly up from the previous month, and a 12% increase from November 2021. But as Laura points out, a majority of tech jobs today are at companies outside the tech sector in industries like banking, retail, healthcare, and manufacturing. Uh, and these mainstream companies, unlike their Silicon Valley counterparts, did not go on manic hiring sprees during the pandemic, but they do continue to invest in tech skills. So they interviewed Priya Natarajan, who is a software engineer who left Amazon to work for United Health Group. She told the New York Times that she had enjoyed her years at Amazon and admired the company, but at United Health, she joined a growing core of 36,000 tech technology workers, up more than 10,000 in the past three years who are focused on healthcare. And they also interviewed Lori Beer, who is the Global Chief Information Officer at J.P. Morgan, who says that despite the uncertain economy, the bank is continuing to invest selectively in tech skills, hiring people with expertise in cloud computing, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, data science, and cybersecurity. And in more good news for technologists, data from a recent U.S. News & World Report ranked software developer as, quote, the best job in America um, because it pays well. And it also offers that low-stress, healthy work-life balance that so many are looking for um, post-COVID lockdowns and post-great resignation, as we saw last year. 
CNBC spoke to Andy Challenger about the U.S. News report, who said that if you're hoping to land a new job this year, now is the time to apply, as economists expect a recession to hit in late 2023. J.J. McCorvey wrote an article for NBC News specifically about how the newest tech hires are feeling about their jobs, saying that many people who moved into tech during the Great Resignation find their new skill sets continue to pay off even as the hot job market cools down. Three in four U.S. developers told hiring platform CoderPad that they felt confident in their jobs, which held up for international respondents as well. 31% of the U.S. developers said that they felt more secure than a year ago versus 22% feeling less secure. And McCorvey also highlighted two people who spent COVID-19 lockdowns developing their digital skills and moving into tech roles. Um, So I wanted to highlight both of those because they're both bootcamp graduates. One example was Danielle Bridgewater, who was working as a librarian. She had a $50,000 salary cap and enrolled in a six-month UXUI online bootcamp at the University of California, Irvine, um, through Trilogy. She landed a design internship at WebServe, which is an Irvine-based digital marketing firm, and she's now been promoted to lead designer. So congrats to Danielle. Yeah. And then Stephanie Jones, who worked as a fraud prevention specialist before she went to code up in San Antonio looking for a career in data science. Um, She needed more flexibility to care for her son, as so many do. Mm -hmm. And now she is a business intelligence developer at San Antonio-based financial services company called Victory Capital. And she's more than doubled her salary. And I thought that was just a nice, um, an interesting point, which is that unlike in Silicon Valley, where layoffs you know, announcements have been popping up left and right. The tech scene in San Antonio has actually been growing. And so thinking about that, like geographical diversity in employment is really important. And finally, before I move on here, Sarah Miller, who's the principal advisor for the Center for Economic and Workforce Opportunity at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta said that, quote, even with these big layoffs in the true tech field, those people are going to get gobbled up with other sectors so quickly that they're not even going to reflect in the labor force participation rate. So something, some, some really interesting like macro trends there. Yeah. And on the heels of all of these big tech company layoffs, CNET published a reminder that the U.S. government continues to need tech talent. Um, Since the federal government operates in basically every sector and industry, that means there's just so many tech experience opportunities in departments like energy, transportation, healthcare, and national security, to just name a few. While these jobs have historically been in-office roles, the government has increased its remote employment options by nearly nearly 50% over the past two fiscal years. And CIO Dive wrote about a new report by Cengage Group, which confirms that workers who switched jobs during their great resignation gravitated to tech. Kind of nice to see this in um, in the data. Mm-hmm. Nearly nine in 10 respondents now working in tech said that they were happy in their current position as a compared to 69% in healthcare. And despite high profile tech sector layoffs, IT opportunities remained appealing to job changers. So nine in 10 respondents said that they would switch industries if their jobs were eliminated by a recession with 17% choosing tech as their destination of choice. The CTO of Cengage Group, Jim Chilton, pointed out that as the IT talent pool dries, 
companies are turning to non-traditional sources more actively, um, including coding boot camps, IT certification programs. And Children says, quote, unlike other high-paying sectors like law or medicine that require years of graduate education, the continuous need for new talent alongside the ability to learn the necessary skills quickly has made technology a popular sector for career switchers, end quote. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the headlines are pretty grim about layoffs, Mm -hmm. but I think the takeaways here are to look to industries that are adding tech jobs but aren't necessarily tech companies. You know, it's not Amazon or Meta or Google to look for jobs in growing markets like we're looking at San Antonio Mm -hmm. instead of San Francisco and to know that history is on your side, um, you know, any downturn will be short-lived if you look at any suggestion from history. Well, those trends and takeaways are helpful, but without the adoption of skills-based hiring, it's really impossible for those companies to access non-traditional students like boot campers. So we were even more heartened to read about the push for skills-based and away really from degree-based hiring. Yes. First in January, the World Economic Forum issued a new global skills taxonomy to try to create a more unified skills language. This represents huge support for skills-based hiring from an international organization that, you know, is all centered around public-private cooperation. In 2022, they pointed out that companies including Accenture, Apple, General Motors, Ernst Young, Google, IBM, Merck, and PwC removed degree-based application requirements for several roles and opened employment access to non-traditional applicants. And they say that those employers were 60% more likely to find a successful hire compared to those that are not relying on skills as part of the hiring process. So it seems like good evidence that more employers should be lifting those those degree requirements. Yeah. And definitely such a great nod of approval. Um, yeah. <laughs> such a, a global organization. Um, and at the end of last year, we began seeing governors from states like Maryland and Colorado announcing skills-based hiring initiatives for their state jobs. Um, this month, Utah's governor, Spencer Cox, announced they eliminated bachelor's degree requirements um, from its state government positions. And then Pennsylvania's governor, Josh Shapiro, also announced this month that the state had removed its four-year degree requirement from 92% of its state government roles. Very cool. And Mayor Eric Adams unveiled a new push to place 30,000 New Yorkers into apprenticeship programs by 2030 in a significant expansion. That will involve the creation of an apprentice accelerator, and it aims to increase the number of apprenticeship postings and to broaden the scope to include more tech opportunities like computer programming and information technology. So a lot happening at the state and city level. Yeah. Which is usually where things get done. So totally. Those programs will actually happen. Um, And, you know, this month we have also been talking about skills-based hiring here on the Course Report blog. We got to speak with representatives from Kroger and Fast Enterprises, who are two hiring partners of Tech Elevator, about the skills they're looking for from their bootcamp hires this year. Really the takeaway, it's a combo of, you know, some tech skills like 
enterprise API development, which is what um, the rep at Kroger was looking for, as well as just like good soft skills, like good communication and also flexibility. So definitely check out that piece if you're kind of wondering what employers are looking for these days. The cybersecurity talent shortage continues as we kick off 2023. While IS2's 2022 workforce study found that the cybersecurity workforce is at its largest yet of 4.7 million professionals, there's still a need for 3.4 million individuals to fill the current cyber talent gap. HR Dive took a look at what's continuing to contribute to this cyber talent gap and found that universities haven't responded quickly enough by adding cybersecurity programs, youth aren't being prepared for careers in cybersecurity, and companies are too busy looking for unicorns rather than identifying candidates with the right mindset and basic skills that they can then adapt and grow with on the job. So Liz, Fortune also chimed in about this cybersecurity hiring trends in 2023. Um, What were their experts saying about this situation? Well, I love HR Dive's advice there. They always have very pointed advice mm-hmm. for our hiring uh, hiring teams in America. Um, but yeah, Fortune predicted three trends in cybersecurity for 2023. One, that cybersecurity job demand will remain high because companies cannot afford to not have cybersecurity continue even through an economic downturn. Two, that the cybersecurity industry will hire more women. Uh, And three, that upskilling will be important to employers and to employees. So maybe you'll be learning those cybersecurity skills on the job. Hmm. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback on that, the new stack jumped in on this trend of how to hire for that projected 3.4 million cybersecurity talent gap. In an interview with Michelle Levisley, a security awareness lead, Michelle argues that hiring managers should be asking why people aren't applying to their organizations. According to Career and Jobs website Zipia, 78.5% of today's cybersecurity analysts in the U.S. are men with an average age of 42 years old. And Levisley says, quote, you need people from different backgrounds, a breadth of knowledge and life experience, but then they might not be considered in the typical cybersecurity job process. Um, So just like a note and a reminder that we need to kind of look outside of the typical box in order to fill the talent gap as well as add a bit more knowledge base to the current industry. And just to get this on your radar, we're going to be hosting a cybersecurity panel of bootcamp alumni and experts this June. So stay tuned for more details, but that's going to be our next live Q&A coming up after our women's panel. Yeah. All right. So let's give a couple of quick updates about OPMs and university bootcamp partnerships from January. Jess, what did EdSurge have to say? So EdSurge shared their predictions on what they expect to see in EdTech in 2023. Um, One of their biggest predictions is that workforce development will continue to grow this year, which we're not super surprised about. It's been so popular since COVID, really. Um, EdSurge points out that as employers look to upskilling their own workforce, workforce management companies like Guild and Multiverse saw big raises in 2022, um, raising $175 million and then $220 
20 million respectively. EdSurge predicts that there could be another big workforce management company that's not Guild or Multiverse um, that could raise more than 50 million this year. So we will have to see. Very interesting. And then Stephanie Hull wrote a blog post for the Century Foundation this January about OPMs, saying that colleges are attracted to the arrangements with OPMs like Coursera and edX because they're able to avoid the upfront investment that would otherwise be required when setting up new online programs. And then in exchange, institutions like universities will share their tuition revenue with the OPM for a number of years. But Hull says that this tuition sharing can create the wrong incentive for the OPMs. And higher education advocates are calling for the Department of Education to rescind a 2011 guidance and to fully enforce a federal ban on incentive compensation. Coursera and other OPMs say that rescinding the guidance will cause the online program ecosystem to collapse. But just these OPM-powered boot camps are not the only way that boot camps and universities collaborate, right? Yeah, not at all. Some of the most interesting partnerships exist outside of the OPM space. For example, we learned of a new boot camp offering students the opportunity to earn school credit. So through a new partnership between Code Fellows and Northeastern University, students and alumni who finish a Code Fellows program can transfer up to 24 credits towards the completion of a Bachelor in Science in Information Technology at Northeastern. Well, Jess, there were several new school announcements in January that we read about. And when I look back at those, I think it's definitely clear that there were more university bootcamp partnerships in January. Yes. Um, let's tell everyone about them. Yeah, so that's right, Liz. Um, Springboard announced a new partnership with Gonzaga University, and Full Stack Academy announced a partnership with Nexus at Michigan Engineering. And in partnership with Thrive DX, the State College of Florida has just opened its SCF Coding Academy. And then nonprofit coding bootcamp Operation Spark, which is headquartered in Louisiana, announced it will be expanding its program to Atlanta. So Operation Spark aims to train 60 Atlanta area students by the end of this year. And of course, we added new boot camps to the course mm-hmm. report directory this January. We actually added nine new schools, including four Quick Start University partnerships with Texas Tech University, University of Tennessee at Knoxville, University of South California, Santa Barbara, and University of Texas at Austin. We also added two online coding boot camps, WebForce 3, which is based in France, and Rocket Academy. And we added the cybersecurity boot camps Day Zero Institute and Syntax Technologies, and the UX boot camp Design Up University. Well, welcome to those nine new schools. We are always keeping our eye out for new boot camp opportunities. And as we add them to our directory, you are able to leave a review. If you're an alum of any of those new nine schools, um, you can leave a review on Course Report uh, to share your experience with future boot campers. All right, Jess. Well, January was busy, but we got to publish some uh, blog posts as well on the Course Report blog. Uh, But tell everyone about your favorite piece to work on in 2023. 
Yeah. So for anyone whose New Year's resolution is to make a career change into tech, we've rounded up 19 coding boot camps with winter cohort dates. Many of these coding boot camps are now accepting applications for their February and their March cohorts. Um, we've got all of that information listed in this roundup. So definitely check it out and find your program. And Liz, what was your favorite piece that we posted on the blog this month? Well, one of my favorite pieces on the blog this January was actually published today. And it was this (laughs) roundup of six tech careers for people who love video games. I thought it was super thorough. It takes you through industries and companies that love hiring gamers and um, tells you which programming languages to focus on if you want to work in game development, because there are some very specific languages that you'll need mm-hmm. to know. Uh, so yeah, if you consider yourself a gamer who wants to learn and wants to work in tech, then this will be super helpful to you. And that does it for our January podcast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online and in-person bootcamp opportunities. And we're going to see you next month on our February Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the Coursework podcast and leaving us a review. We'll see you in February. See you in February.